Welcome to another episode of Mariner's Mojo. It's Chris and Alex. How's it going, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got to say, it is the heartbeat of baseball here at Mar- Mariner's Mojo. And we're going to start off with a little trivia question for Alex. No, man. No, I'm not excited. I did all right. I didn't completely get his last week, but I got enough of it to, to get a pass on it. You passed. Yeah. So Marco Gonzalez is making his third straight opening day start. Can you name the two catchers that have caught for him on opening day? How many opening day starts is that three? So this is going to be the third. So you only need to know the two guys who have caught for him on opening day. So the starting catcher the last two years. Yep. So starting catcher in 2019 and 2020. So that's the trivia question for today. Who who caught from Marco in 2019? Who caught from him in 2020? So you got some time to think I have about a couple it. Couple guesses. Yeah, but I don't know for sure. So it might take a little bit. Yeah. All right. Um, this is gonna be kind of a two-part episode i guess we're doing an al west preview but we have jeff fletcher talking about the angels we have jeff wilson talking about the rangers we have some athletic guys coming on to talk about the athletics and chandler rome to talk about the astros so we're actually going to have an al west non-mariners episode come out because it's going to put us just over an hour and then we're going to talk about the Mariners in an AOS preview also, just me and Alex. So it'll be a little two-part episode, so should be pretty good. Um, so that other the non-Mariners one will come out separately. So this one will be just about the Mariners. And we'll start off with a little spring training update. Um, earlier in the week, George Kirby got brought up to camp. Do you think that was, was that surprising to you to see him get called up to camp? I was kind of surprised he wasn't there. Yeah. So, no, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess he's not supposed to be up to the majors till what, 2022, maybe 23, just so he can get the experience and see if that velocity stays there. I was, yeah, I was thinking 2022, so I, I would kind of expect him to be there this year. But Yeah. Especially with the, do you think they were worried that he didn't have enough experience facing non-college hitters so they didn't want to put them in spring training i don't maybe they were wanted to see some other guys first yeah and then bring them in because he wasn't going to make the roster they wanted to see guys that might have had a chance yeah maybe he uh, maybe he was hurt and they keeping it quiet or something i don't know but then he got brought up and did well it's i don't really know why Teams be teams. What is nice is I think it's baseball reference. They give a number value to the level of competition you're facing. So like 10.0 is major leagues and like 3.0 is low A. So you can go into a guy's spring training stats and see the level of competition he faced. So it's like, oh, this isn't the case with Kirby necessarily, but oh, he dominated, but he was facing like A ball competition in spring training. Or it's, oh, this guy kind of struggled. Well, oh, he was facing almost all major leaguers. Like, it helps you get a little more um, insight into the kind of guys they're facing based on their stats. But that's not the only pitching news out of spring training. And if you want to hear more about Kirby, 
wait for the next interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, it's not with Kirby, but that would be cool. That would be cool. Maybe someday. I would be way more excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ronus Elias. Elias? Elias? Is it Elias? Elliot. <laughs> no? I think you are right. Ronus Elias? Elias? I don't know. I whatever. Don't know. Not good with names. Um, he looked to be doing pretty good. Possibly up in the rotation in the bay, or not in the rotation, but on the roster for the Mariners. But he is likely done for the year. They said it's a forearm elbow strain. A major Yeah, a major injury. So so. major injury paired with forearm elbow, that equals one thing usually. Usually it's the tummy. Yep. And the big precursor to this was that he missed all of 2020 with a forearm flexor strain, I think is what it was called. Yeah, and he didn't have any kind of surgery. No, he just rehabbed it. So you kind of should have seen it coming. I mean, a major leaguer putting that kind of stress on their elbow and their forearm to have missed a whole season with a strain. There's probably some collateral damage in there or lingering damage. So not a huge surprise, but I think that means we're never going to see him on the Mariners and the majors again, probably. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him to come back because he's going to miss this year. Most Most of of next next year. year. Yeah, they said it's like 18 months. So if he's getting it now, he probably won't pitch next year. Yeah, he, his his major career might just be done now. Because he's 33? I'm 33, yeah. So he's going to be 35 when he comes back, coming off Tommy John. Not great. So, kind of sucks for him. He's had a lot of injuries. Looked good for the Mariners for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, he was looking good. Some of the other guys who have been looking good is Alex's boy, Ty France. Who, what, before the most recent game was leading spring training and hitting or something? Yeah, he was like over 500 and just raking. Crushing it. Like, yeah, he had a one for three day and his bed never chopped a bunch. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> uh, two doubles, three homers, 10 for 21, five RBI. Only two strikeouts, which is good. To only have two strikeouts through 21 at-bats. Yeah. It's a good ratio. That's pretty good yeah. nowadays. <laughs> and actually getting... He walked once, I guess. You look at his on-base, and it's like, oh, his on-base is 70 points higher. Well, if you have one walk and what amounts to, like, 19 plate appearances or whatever. I mean, it's going to jump a bunch, but yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, so nice by France. Um, old man Seegers looked pretty good. Yeah, he's I mean, too that bad. overpaid guy. That overpaid <laughs> guy that, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, he's hitting four fifty-five. With a homer, double, six walks. That's impressive. That is kind of odd for him. He's not a big walk guy usually. No. Nice to see him showing patience and kind of waiting for his pitches. I mean, spring training, a guy's been in spring training for 10 years now. Probably knows what he needs to do and able to do it now. Yeah. Um, Someone else. This guy's not overpaid, but he's boring. Marco. Marco's been looking pretty good. Marco Boring Gonzalez. Yeah. I love that that's his Twitter profile now. He's like, I'm boring or whatever. Very <laughs> boring. Great. Yeah. Uh, he's thrown six innings. Hasn't given up a run yet. I know it's just spring training, but kind of just looking at the, the impressive things so far. Yeah, you got to look at something. Yeah. 
You uh, want to know what's impressive, but not in a good way? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might be worried that Kenyon Middleton's going to have like some kind of neck injury because he's given up five home runs in four innings. That whiplash. Whoa. Yeah, not oh, there good. There again. <laughs> I think I hurt myself doing that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you need any reminder that you get old quick, just <laughs> Alex hurting his neck, making fun of somebody is where it comes from. <laughs> uh, he's not the only pitcher that's looked bad. Uh, Middleton's still going to have a role in the team, but one guy that might not is Will Vest. Yeah, he hasn't looked good. No. Most games he comes out, he gives up a run. So he needs to either turn it around or he's probably going to get sent back to. Do you think they would take him? Or they would just let him go to the Mariners' minors. They might take him and just throw him in the minors. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have released him beforehand. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before. Rule 5 has to be on the Major League roster, or else they lose their rights to him. Yeah. Uh, five innings, seven runs. So that's not great. Um, but Marco's, what, number, Marco's number one. Kikuchi's probably number three in the rotation. Behind Paxton? Uh, yeah, I'd probably drop him there. But Kikuchi's just worked so far, yeah. yeah. And he's looked pretty good. His stuff looks good, yeah. Yeah. I think you've mentioned a couple times, like, throwing harder. Throwing harder. His FIP, his ERA last year wasn't great, but his FIP was a lot better. Yep. He has the stuff, I think, to be good. And what was it? He threw was it three innings in six Ks? Four innings in six Ks? Um, I can't remember now. <laughs> Something like that. He had a really nice game. It was it was like a whole hour ago we left. Come on. <laughs> hey, we've done a lot since then, all right? <laughs> uh, not that you'll hear about it for at least a week, but you'll hear about it next week. Someday. Yeah. Um, Mariners outfielders have been doing good, too. Hanniger and Julio. They're both hitting, was it two? Two. 78? Yeah. They're all, yeah, they're all hitting the same. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis, Julio, and Hanniger are all five for 18. So that's kind of neat. Um, Evan White and Jake Fraley are both struggling. I think they have like two hits through 30 at-bats combined or some something like that. Yeah, Fraley had a home run yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it is still a really small sample size. Yes, they can't go too hard. It's like if you're one for 15 and then you go four for 10, that still bumps your batting average up to like 200. Then you just need a decent stretch and you're fine. Yeah, it really doesn't take much. No. Get back up. Um, so, when it comes to the season starting, you look at the Mariners' lineup. Who stands out to you as one of the guys you're looking forward to watching this season? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Ty France. Yeah? I've kind of been hyped on him since they traded for him last year. And then just coming out this spring and he's dominant, it's like, ugh. All right, I kind of want to see how he does. Where do you think we're going to see France at in the lineup, especially with Shedlong having not even played yet? Well, Long... Oh, I forgot to bring that up. He's... There it is. <laughs> Wait, whoa. That's not the right podcast. Hold on. <laughs> He's actually having trouble with his shin that he had re- surgery on. Yep. So he's actually slowing down. I don't know if he'll make the open today anyway. Yeah, they might. I would think they leave him in AAA. But he wasn't probably going to make our start at second anyway. Yeah. That's probably going to go to more. Think it's going to be more? 
Yeah, and I think the only real spot they have open is DH. Yeah. Which is probably fine for a guy that can hit key hand. And then you'll probably be utility and jump around everywhere. And France can play second base, right? Yeah, I think he plays second, third. Like he's like Willie. I think he played outfield. Right? He's like the Willie Bloomquist, Mark McLemore type guy. Yeah, he can play, kind of play everywhere. Yeah. Or like Howie Kendrick, and you just have to get that bat into the lineup. Yeah, got to get it in because he's that good. <laughs> um, so then, is that the those are the only position battles you see is like second DH, uh, the third outfield spot. Yeah, because mentioned Fraley hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked good. Uh, Bishop hasn't looked anything special, and uh, Tremel's been the only one that's he's kind of kind of stepped up and looked better than all the others. Yeah, he's been playing a lot pretty much every game, it seems like, and getting decent at-bats every game. He's got over 20 at-bats so far, and the Mariners have played, what, nine games? Something like that? I think they've been nine, yeah. Uh, Maybe more than that now. What are the Mariners, like two, three, and five or something? Because they had another tie. Then they lost a game in the ninth and won a game in the ninth. It's like, oh, just tie all those games already. I think they're about there, yeah. I can't remember exactly. I guess that makes sense because you look at the other positions. It's like Kyle Lewis is definitely going to start in center. Yep, it's Lewis in center. Hanniger in right. Seager's at third. Crawford's at short. Evan White's at first. Murphy's a catcher. Like, none of those guys are moving. Yeah, no. So they pretty much got everyone locked down except for... Yeah, even, like, the, the France-Moore thing with second base DH. And I guess that helps Marmaleos get in more, who's looked pretty good. He's looked good, yeah. He's more of a... I guess that base outfield. That wouldn't be bad to be able to kind of have what Moore and France cycle through second left DH, so you can get Marmaleos in there at DH. Yeah, Moore's kind of he's he was this kind of a super utility last year too. Yeah, so it'd be nice to actually see if he can actually stick around at one spot and be good instead so, of jumping all around because that kind of can't hurt a guy. Yes, yeah. playing too many positions. So what about left field then? Do you think it's going to be Fraley? Do you think it's some more France combo? Is it Bishop or is it Trammell? Right now I'd say no on Bishop. Yeah. Trammell's looked the best so far. Yeah. But I don't know if they want to give up on Fraley. I think they might want to keep him up there too. So it might be them two split in time and then Bishop doesn't make it. Be the odd man out. Yeah. I think if Bishop is there, it would be good in a way for Kyle Lewis because then you get to put him in left, which is where he belongs anyway. Yeah, like he's made like he made the nice catch in center where he robbed the guy, and they're like, "Oh, look, it's like Baby Griffey." Yeah. Calm down, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but once Kelnick comes up, he's going to be in center. Yeah, he's just better at it. So having Bishop, who is the best def- defender in the Mariners' farm system. Yeah, Since Evan White graduated. Yeah. Um, you put Bishop in center and move Lewis over to left, which probably helps there. But even though Bishop is like a poor man's Kiermaier, which yeah. isn't great. No. But especially at 27 years old. Yeah, he's kind of getting up there now. Yeah. Um, that is the big thing to watch, I think, is that left field spot and then how it trickles down to second in DH. Especially yeah. with Long being out, like it kind of opens the door for some new guy to come in. Yeah. Or for the Mariners to just say, well, we're only going to have three bench guys instead of four. 
They don't really need them. They got enough guys that can play everywhere. They don't need a lot. Yeah. Which kind of is a good thing. What's tough is you have to have a catcher on your bench. So you have Torrens. Yeah, I'd like to see him play yeah. some. And he will. Like, I know he's going to play. Oh, yeah, he'll play. Yeah. We'll see how what he can do. Yeah. Don't be surprised to see Torrens get, what, 40 games? Yeah, he's going to get quite a bit of yeah. a chance. They want to see what they got with him before they call up the next guy in Raleigh. Yeah. And maybe you see Torrens get even more than that because you hope that Murphy is hot and at 30 years old they ship him out. Yeah, he might be the next to him off. I'm assuming he's going to get traded yeah. this year if he's good. Yeah. Which I mean, he might start off playing most games and then. Yeah, every fourth or fifth day, Torrens is in. Yeah. Um, I think, getting back to what I asked you about, like, who's the guy you want to watch? For me, it's Evan White. Yeah, that's a good one. The gold glove, we know the defense is there. He might be one of the best first defensive, might be one of the best defensive first basemen in the league yeah. and like over the last 30 years even like he's supposed to have that kind of glove where people watch him and go oh wow and that's like professionals and scouts and well i mean first year rookie gold glove yeah and he was a guy with an 80 glove that if they could rank it higher they would have because i think it was at yeah. the um the prospects game the like U.S. versus the world or whatever it is. Yeah. Where they were watching him, and he was impressing everybody there. If you're impressing the room full of the best players, that's a great thing to have. Yeah. So like I know first base is supposed to be like from, from big hitters and just yeah. hit bombs. And whatever. I don't care. <laughs> if you're the best defender, yeah, you can make up so much on defense. Yeah. But, and I guess it goes along with the other Gold Glover, is you still need to get something out of it, though, because where is that line of the best defense at the position, where Evan White's the best one? Yeah. Crawford's probably between two and five on any given day, because he's not better than Simmons. No. He's never going to be. Not likely. Well, yeah. even Simmons is only 29? I think he's, yeah, right around there. So he's, he's at shortstop, like he still could have seven years in his prime. Scale was a great shortstop, but he was like 40. I don't count all those. That's, <laughs> that's usually uh, does always yeah. happen. So. Um, but I think with White, it sounds like he made a change with his hands this year that is helping him get to the ball quicker. So he's making stronger contact in less time. Yeah, it hasn't translated in the spring, but yeah, practices and stuff. It yeah. seems like it's helped. So. so that combined with the swing plane change from last year that was leading to. Uh, better altitude on his line drives. So more home runs come from that, especially as you grow into your prime. Remember, White's still only 25. Your prime in baseball is 27, 28, 29. So he's not there yet. No, usually this is the time where they come up with yeah. what he is. So Yeah, you see 25, 26-year-olds who all of a sudden it's like, oh, where did this come from? Well, it's because they're a man now who's seen Major League Pitching for a bit and they know how to deal with it. Sometimes it just takes people to develop longer. You can't all be the 20-year-old coming up to the majors hitting yeah. 300. No, I'm not saying that, like, yeah, Evan White's not going to hit 300. He's not going to be Mo Vaughn or Frank Thomas over there or something like that. No. But he's going to have... He's going to be way better defense than yeah, him. He's going to have the best defense in the league, probably. I would 
Because his gloves are meant for the best for the next 10 years if he can hit a little. He has a shortstop glove at first base. Yes. Mixed with a catcher's glove because he can take stuff out of the ground. (laughs) But if, say this year, 25, sophomore year, if he hits 250-something with about 20 home runs, like if he puts together like kind of the average Seager numbers, low 250s, low 20s with home runs, that shouldn't surprise you. Yeah, if he's over 250 and over 20 home runs. Yeah. With his defense, I am fine with that. Yeah, that makes him one of the best seven first basemen in baseball. Yes. Not fantasy-wise. Exactly. That's what people... People get too caught up on fantasy. But... Yeah. And that is a big part of it. It's like, well, he's not somebody you want in your fantasy team. Like, he's the 19th first baseman. I don't care. It's like, okay, this isn't fantasy. This is real. It's a real baseball. Yeah. It's like if you're doing a draft on... Like the show or something. Well, you're not drafting just for offense. There is defense too. Yeah, you gotta you gotta remember that part. Yeah. Um, and I guess that goes with Crawford, right? Yeah, kind of. And especially kind of the same way. with like it's a huge year for him because if he doesn't do great, if he hits like last year where it's what two fifteen or something. I don't remember what he was. That how low it was. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I, yeah, I don't think it was good. Uh, oh, no. Two, oh, 226 was the year before. That's what I was thinking. He was 255 last year. Okay, so if he can come out this year and do good. Yeah, if he can hit 255, that's if, awesome. Because if he doesn't, there's five or six in free agency and the Mariners have money to spend. Yeah. That's an easy position to replace this year. So, yeah. And I think Crawford does usually fall into that three to five range at shortstop, which is still five to seven in all of baseball. Because that's just where you can save the most runs out of shortstop and get the highest defensive war. But if you can't hit. Yeah. You can't stick there if you can't hit. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that having great defense, like you kind of got to have it in the lineup if it's there. I mean, you, you can stick in baseball if you're a great defense and yeah. you can be a bench guy. Yeah. Or. But you'll never be the starter. And. Just can't stick around that well. Move him to second. You could. He'd be a really good second baseman, and usually second doesn't hit great. Maybe then it's telling him to okay. We're gonna have you put on ten pounds, so you can put a little more oomph in it. Give him an extra year to try to figure something out. Yeah. Like hey, make something happen. Can't stick with you forever hitting two twenty. Yeah. Do you remember how high Crawford was in the prospect rankings? Uh, top five. Number two. Number two. He was the number two prospect in all of baseball. It's there. He showed it at some point. The defense helped. So yeah. he just needs to get that hitting just a mm-hmm. little bit. Get into the 270. Yeah. Not with a lot of power, not with speed. You get 270, you're probably not going to be replaced next year. Yeah. Um,. We talked about Tremel a little bit, and Fraley, who I think, I don't know if he, is Fraley, he graded out of prospects, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, Braden Bishop, are there any hitting prospects that you think are going to come up for the Mariners this year? I mean, we'll get into it more when we do our prospect thing, but is there really anyone that we're going to see this year other than the main one in Kelnick? Uh, big hitting ones. You could see Raleigh. Maybe. Second half of the year with... Um, if Murphy, Murphy gets, gets traded. Murphy gets traded. He's a 
kind of, he's kind of put him one more power catcher now. I think he had twenty five plus homers in the minors the last time they had a season. Yeah, I mean, it said at least it said last year Raleigh was supposed to be up this year. So yeah, maybe September. I could see him come. Well, yeah, it just depends who gets traded and what. But I think a big part of it is if the Mariners are in contention, which I don't think is going to happen at the All Star break. Yeah, they are. <laughs> If they're have, 50 have and 50... Seen, have you seen my rankings? Yes, I did. <laughs> You're dyslexic. Um, no, I'm going Major League Baseball style. Oh, yeah, that's they're right. Indians. <laughs> they're getting that cardboard cut on. They're going to make the run. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe Raleigh, but I think they're probably going to be 40 and 60 at the All-Star break. And in that case, you just save Raleigh till September. Let him come up and get a taste. Maybe, but kind of depends what the pitchers come up to be nice to have them stick with the the young core pitchers in the minors. Yeah. On who's there? I guess with hitting like the prospect we're going to see this year, unless some unforeseen terrible thing happens. Hopefully, you guys could hear that knocking on wood. Is Jared Kelnick, right? Yeah. Top five prospect in all of baseball. Arguably, like the best outfield prospect in all of baseball. He'll be up June or July, probably. Yeah. And it sounds like he's already back taking full batting practice. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. He expects to be ready opening day, is what he said. Which is, again, him saying, put me on the roster. You can't do it, okay? Yeah. He just needs to shut his mouth. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the feisty. I like the feistiness, too. But it's like, ah, you just, just, just wait. Okay, calm down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Stick in the minors. Let's just go with that for now, and then we'll see you this summer when the Mariners are 40 and 16. You can come up then. He's going to come up. He's going to rookie of the year, lead him to the playoffs. That would be sick. So we'll move over to pitching, and we talked about it a little bit. Mariners in the six-man rotation. Good idea, okay idea, or great idea? I think it's a great idea for this year. So do I. I mean, why not? You've got no one that's thrown a lot of innings last year. Yeah. Uh, who was it we were talking to? Uh, well, they haven't heard it yet. Yeah. You guys will hear it on the other AL West podcast. The major league leader in innings last year was like 84. Yeah, because we were talking Texans? Yeah, the Texas guy. Texas. Yeah. Not Texans. <laughs> Wrong team. <laughs> yeah. Talking to the Texas guy, he mentioned that Lance Lynn, who used to be on Texas and got traded was the lead leader at like 84.1 or 84.2. Yeah. And they had brought in a Japanese or Korean? Japanese guy, because he was teammates with Flexen, wasn't he? Wasn't that the thing? Oh, uh, from Korea then, right? I, think, I can't remember now. Yeah, he, they were in the KBL. That was like last week. Yeah. <laughs> so use the six-man rotation, especially with like Kikuchi... Keep that uptick in velocity. He doesn't have to worry about throwing 180 innings. He can throw 140. Paxton, let him have that extra day. Let him stay healthy so you can trade him. Yeah. Done. Young guy. Give these guys that extra day. Right? Even Sheffield. Like, 25, 25, 26 years old. Flexen is young. Yeah, he's not old. He He's 26 this year. Yeah, and he's... And overseas pitching, he pitched for the Mets. Yeah, I think so. 
these guys are not in their prime yet. Half your rotation's not in their prime. Marco's still this the low side of 30. He's 29 this year. These guys are not into or in their prime still. Even Kikuchi's 30. Paxton's the old guy at 32, but with not a lot of innings. Paxton has the arm of a 28-year-old. Yeah, as long as his shoulder and stuff can keep up. Yeah. Or other injuries, but... And even if we see one of the trio come up this year in Hancock, Kirby, or Gilbert, because is it Gilbert supposed to come up this year, right? Yeah. Gilbert's the one that's supposed to be up. The other two probably next year or the year after. Which is fine. Like, let these guys have that extra day. You could trade. You could trade most of them. Yeah. Well, not most, but a couple of them away. <laughs> what was the thing you said? Trade Paxton away? Get some stuff for him again? Again. Let him come back again? Yep. You could do the same thing with Flexen, too. If you wanted to. Yeah. I don't know if you would, just because nah. he's still young, like you said. Yeah. And you got him on a pretty good team deal. Oh, here's a question for you. Is Marco untradeable? Uh, in your heart and in your brain are two different things. I, yeah. I'd say no, he's not untradeable. No one's untradeable. Okay. No one's untradeable? Uh, I guess you just have to find enough on a team to get somebody. But. You, no one is ever untradeable. You just have to get a whole lot to get them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying trade Marco. But 29, if you don't honestly expect to compete until like 2024. Yeah, if you're still a couple years out, this but would be the year. still only be 32. Yeah. You could keep going with the farm system and build it for another. If he has a year like he did last year. Wasn't this the thing with Felix when he was like 26, 27? Yes. It was like the Mariners don't expect to compete for a few years should they trade Felix. And instantly, every Mariners fan, no, most no. Mariners fans go, no, don't do that. Like, he's the team. Like, well, are you wasting him? Yes. We did. Yeah. Um, what's nice with Marco is, like, with Felix back then, there was no other bright spots on the team, really. Free agent here, free agent there. But now with Marco, it's like, well, he can stick around. And even at 31, like, they have a good chance to make the playoffs. Well, what's his contract like? Uh, I actually don't know what his is because he's going to be a free agent after like next year. Is he? I don't know. Oh, oh no! Uh, they signed an extension for four years, thirty million dollars that gets him through all his arbitration years. That's why. So he's already signed through. His, he's not a free agent until twenty twenty six. Oh, so he's then he probably. But that's the other thing. You have Gonzalez at a fantastic contract. You're paying him $30 million through 2024, maybe, with a $15, year, a $15 million club option in 2025. So that makes his trade value even higher. Yeah. If he does good, like, no, he's not untradeable, but you're going to give me lots of prospects for that. So would you have to get like a, a Chris Sale trade where you're getting a top-level pitching prospect and a top-level uh, position of need prospect? Probably, yeah. Like if someone comes to you and says, we'll give you the number 19 prospect who's a pitcher, the number 32 prospect who's a shortstop, and two guys who are probably between like 110 and 140. 
Are you making that trade and getting rid of Marco? Kind of depends on the players for me, but it's, it's tempting. Right? I don't want to, but it's very tempting. Here's the thing. I do it, and I do it right away. You definitely want to do it now and not wait. Yeah, because here's the thing. Trademark, like, a bunch of things need to fall right for this to happen. But trade Marco, trade Paxton, trade Murphy, trade Hanniger. Do the thing, and Seeger, do the thing you said you were going to do last year. Completely retool. I understand you need some veterans in there. Yeah. But why not just load up? Load up on all these young guys. Hope some of them hit. And then they can come up with Kelnick and Julio and Marte and Raleigh and Hancock, Kirby, Gilbert. Yeah, you can trade Kikuchi too if he's doing good. Yeah, his contract's really weird though. Well, he they can let he don't have a one year deal potentially next year. Wasn't right? he, yeah, he was the one who had a really odd one, right? They, they could sign him for like the three or four year deal, or they can let him go and he can pick up the team or the player option. Yeah. So if he's doing good, and you trade him, then they have him for another year still. Oh yeah, it's a four year. Sixty-six million dollar extension, or it's a thirteen million dollar player option. Either way, they get him for a year, probably. Well, if he's doing good, they might even take up that option. Yeah, I don't know what happens if you trade him. I would think it's they it get that over. option. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, th- I doubt it's like the senior one where they have to pick it up. No, it, it doesn't say that in there. That's a very rare one. Yeah. Um, is there a do you th- see a fight for any spots in the rotation, or is it pretty much set with the six guys? I I think it's pretty much set. I think it's it's them six. Yeah, I don't. There's see, others that could. I would love to see Gilbert in the rotation, but I would like to see him there more in June. Wait, I want to yeah. see if any of these guys can do it. Yeah. Either build their long term value with the franchise, or build their trade value. Yeah, it's mostly I think build trade value because. They're top three. They could all be traded. Oh, yeah. By July. Yep. And that's what's tough sometimes is looking at this is you have to look at it not as a fan necessarily, but as like the old Sixers GM for basketball. It's like, no. Or even uh, Boston when they traded Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie. It's like, yeah, you want to have a relationship with players, but what's the goal? What's every, what does every fan want from their team? Championship. Okay, so sometimes you have to forego player relationships to do these things, right? Yeah, I mean, what Patriots? Yeah, they never keep guys. No. Oh, oh, you're getting good. Bye. You're going to be bad in a year and a half or two years. We're getting rid of you now, but you might even lose a year in my prime. I don't care. I don't care. I want more stuff for you now. You know what's better than a 29 year old with one or two Pro Bowl seasons left? A first round pick and a 24 year old who can start for us. There's a reason we can keep winning. Yeah. Because we keep retooling before they get old and end up like the Seahawks guys and get nothing for all the prime yeah. Hall of Famers. Now the Mariners just need to sign a good starting pitcher whose wife is super wealthy so they can underpay him the whole time. That helps too. <laughs> that definitely does help. Oh. Um, Although it doesn't quite work in baseball because... No, it doesn't, it doesn't work no that calf. way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no real fight. It's Marco, Paxton, Kikuchi, Sheffield, Dunn, and Flexen. Um, what about in the bullpen? Because we've talked about it. Wool Vest kind of sucks. He's not looking good. Most of the bullpen isn't looking great, so I don't really know. It's, it's such a hard 
place to to pick it. I don't know. Yeah. We mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about the lineup. Do they go with just three guys on the bench to get that extra pitcher in there to keep Vest, to get rid of him, to bring some more guys up? I mean, I haven't really seen anything that they'd be like, oh, definitely keep him. Because who would the, the two best options even be to want to call up that you would feel comfortable putting him in the majors already? Is it Streckenrider, the old Marlins guy? Not old, but the guy from the Marlins with 130 innings of experience or whatever? Uh, yeah, I think he's had some good years back when he was at the Marlins. Yeah, he had a good, a great year in 2017. He had like a 2-3. And then in 2018, he had like a 3-9. Both good. If you can get a 3-9 from every reliever, you have a good bullpen. Yeah, it's like, I like him. I wouldn't mind seeing him up instead of Vest. Yeah. And that's the thing. You did spend the Rule 5 pick on Vest, but it doesn't cost you anything. No, it's, it costs you nothing. It's just a pick. Yeah. It costs you a 40-man spot, and you have to keep him. That's... So there's there's always been a couple that have been sent back. Yeah. So which there's a thing in economics called a sunk cost fallacy. You can't think about the value you did for something in the past and let it affect you going forward. It's like somebody who's a hundred pages into a two hundred page book and they're like, I really don't like this book, but I need to finish it because I read the first hundred pages. No, if you don't like the book, stop reading it. If you don't like what Vest is giving you, get rid of him. Don't let him waste that spot. That you could give to somebody else. Well, it's like um, uh, Cardinals, Arizona. Yeah, they drafted the quarterback. I oh, can't remember J- the name? Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, drawn a blank. So I was like, oh, yeah. Drafted him. Didn't look good the first year. Trade him. Drafted a new quarterback. They didn't. I don't remember the third round pick for him. Uh, no, it was like the last pick in the second round. Almost it was like early, early third. I want to say it was between sixty and sixty-seven. Okay, so yeah, but he was a. Top 10th. Tenth. Tenth? Tenth? Like, top 10. Okay, 10. So that's a big drop for one year. Yeah. It's like, well. But if you kept him another year and he didn't do anything, what were you going to get for him then? then a you're fifth? Sick, you're sinking. Nothing? Nothing. You get nothing. He's going to get dumped if he's no yeah. good. And he didn't do good after that. So. so that's exactly the thing with Vest. If you don't think he's going to provide value, it doesn't matter that you spent that pick on him. Don't let that affect your future dealings with him. Get rid of him. Give the opportunity to somebody else. Yeah. Don't keep doubling down. You know what the worst thing that happens is? Like, Vest leaves and he's an okay reliever somewhere else. Like, he's never, not likely to ever be a superstar reliever. I mean, it happens sometimes where guys just all of a sudden find something. But usually that's due to getting somewhere and making a huge change in their delivery or their mechanics. Something that would not have happened with your own team. Or just changing an attitude or something. Yeah. Like, uh... Carter Caps, the guy who was on the Mariners and he went to the Marlins and he started doing that thing where he like jumped off the rubber. Yeah. He didn't do that with Seattle. No, not that bad. No, they did that and it worked for him. He was good at the Mariners. Yeah. He wasn't as good. But when he went to Miami, he was like a borderline all-star, all-star. I think he was all-star. Yeah. It's like there is always a change. So you can't just be like, oh, the Mariners traded this guy and he did good. It's like, well, was there a reason when he left? That made him into something else that wouldn't have happened in Seattle. Usually, yes. Yeah. Usually, they're not just like, oh, I traded him because he was good and we didn't want him. So, I think. So, are you saying cut vest? Because that's what I'm saying. Right now, yeah. Unless he picks something up, it's really pitchy. I think there's more out there yeah. you could find old guys. 
Pioneer Leaguers, anyone. <laughs> yeah. Unless you don't think you're going to be able to find somebody with a 4-8 ERA to replace them. I think you can find somebody. Those, like, low-end middle relievers, teams churn through them all the time. Yeah, they go through so many... Because what, we, we go to what, a handful of games a year, yeah. right? Yeah. Three to five, something like that. Depend on the year. Yeah. We probably see, what, like 15 bullpen guys? Yeah, it's like, oh, who's There's that guy? There's only six oh, in there they, at a time. They brought another one up? Yeah. Like, I, don't remember, I don't recognize this guy. From the guy signing beer cans to the guy who got a date with some chick we were standing next to. And, like, there's always some new crazy guy in there. Yeah, they can fly through the miners really quick and you don't even know who they are. Well, and the other thing is why so many of these relievers get churned through is you only have three options for being sent back down. So if these guys have bounced back and forth a bit, you can just pick them up. Like, oh... The Orioles designated some reliever for assignment. What happened a couple times? I don't think it was Austin Adams. It was somebody else. Because um, I remember one of the games we went to, he had just got there. He was like a big hard-throwing guy, but just wasn't great. He had like a 7 ERA or something. Um, he had the potential, but couldn't quite do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, oh, we'll pick this guy up. If he's not good for two weeks, we'll just cut him too. Then, yeah, designate him. It's like, yeah, it sucks for him, especially if he has a family. Like, well, you guys just kind of have to stay there, and I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks. He's still getting paid. Yeah. So um, so with that six-man rotation, the bullpen asked you about it with hitting prospects. What about pitching prospects? I mean... For this year? Yeah. Well, we kind of went over the, the big one. Gilbert, right? Yeah. He's... I, mean, I think we see Gilbert in uh, June, July, right in there. Yeah, he is the same Hanniger, not Hanniger, um, Kelnick. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Stuck on Hanniger. Like, no, <laughs> stop thinking Hanniger. Yeah. Him and Kim and Kelnick are yeah. kind of probably on the same trajectory. I don't think you see Hancock. I don't think you see Kirby. No, next year, earliest for both of them. But, like, your boy, when he comes back from injury, Munoz, right? Yes, he should be up. All-star game. All, yeah, July-ish, right depending. But We're going to see him. He's going to be a great addition, I think, to the bullpen. Yeah. Potentially until the closer roll by next year. Yeah. And even this year, they're not looking good in the and back end. I think that like the bullpen is where we see a lot of these pitching prospects. Because Gilbert will start. Yeah. But Munoz, uh, what, Delaplane? Yeah. We're probably going to see Sam Delaplane, who's 26. He's ready for the bigs. Um, a young guy who we can probably see is Juan Ten. The Mariner, Yankee Mariner. Yeah, kept going back and forth. And he's young. He's young. He's a top 20. I don't know exactly yeah, what he is. Yeah, somewhere in there. We'll talk more about him next week. Um, and then, like... Uh, yeah, White Mills. And Joey Gerber, both of them, right? Yes. Yeah. You're probably going to see both of them. It might be in September when the lineups get expanded. And it's just bullpens are all of a sudden now like 12 guys. Yeah, there's probably half a dozen other ones that you'll yeah. see them. But there's going to be a lot of these guys in the bullpen. So Juan Ten, Wyatt Mills, Joey Gerber, Sam Delaplane. Um, I don't think we see Brandon Williamson. He's probably, because I think if he's going to be a starter, we're going to wait to see him. Yeah, they don't want to, unless they have too many starters, it's looking good. Yeah. But like, we talked with Scott Boches, and if he's really throwing like 97, 99, 
Like you could see with him that secondary up. pitch, he can jump up pretty quick too. And then another guy we're probably going to be talking to is Levi Stout. Where yeah, he hasn't thrown, but what if it's September and he has been pumping one hundred and one in the minors? Like yeah, his stuff has jumped up since his Tommy John. Because what was it? I think they call it like pull downs or heavy ball or whatever, where the guys are throwing into the net. It's like at the nearest wall you can see, or like car door when you're listening to this. Like it's super close. Yeah, he hit one hundred two nine on that, which I think translates to just a couple miles an hour slower. Yeah, it's probably around the ninety nine ish. Because wasn't the thing with Kopech that he hit like one hundred five on his one hundred six? Yeah, some big up yeah. number. Yeah, but he can hit one hundred two off the mound. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he hit, but yeah, he can be. He's over hundred. Yeah. Yes. So. There are a lot of reliever prospects who you can call them up. I'm not saying you're going to see these guys in June. No, most of them are probably a bit more July, second half. Or even September, because then you only get the 20 games. Yeah. And then the next year, you can still call them up in July and save that eligibility still, I think. Because they haven't hit their enough status or whatever. Yes. They might have changed that with, it's either time or like... uh, Games into the season where time elapsed since your first major league appearance or something. Because um, I, I think that was the thing with the. That'd be a better way to do it. Yeah. That was the thing with uh, Rosny Castile from the Red Sox. I think that was the guy. They signed him to this huge deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then they couldn't bring him up because it would put him over the luxury tax. So he's just in AAA playing, making like $12 million a year. And they can't call him up because it's going to cost them $30 million. Yeah, they never did. Uh, I think he finally got released or something. <laughs> yeah, he made a bunch of money for Never AAA. playing. Like, they never gave him a chance, I don't think. That's when the system's broken. Yes. Yeah, not great. Um. So I guess when it comes down to it, you mentioned earlier that you think the Mariners are going to be in contention at the All-Star break. Their over-under is in the low 70s, depending on where you look. I've seen 71. I've seen 72 and a half. Uh, it's usually right in that range. What do you think their total is going to be at the end of the year? I know what you put on the list. Was that just for fun? No, I'm super serious. They're okay. 92 and 70. They're following the exact path of the Indians in Major League. Is that what the record was that year? Yes, I, nice. I looked it up just like sure. Nice. <laughs> so yes, that means I gotta look up the thing I was thinking of. And they're gonna be okay, stick around, and then they're gonna get a cardboard cutout, put them in there, and they're gonna oh, make man. a run for it. Would that be one of the most liked, retweeted things ever put on the internet? If there was a thing of Kevin Mather wearing like a two piece. In the Mariners' dugout come the end of August when they're a game out of the playoffs. They need to do it. It would be needs so to be done. funny. Oh, man. If it doesn't happen, I'll cry. So I'm going with the opposite of what you did, but it's because I really do feel like they're kind of following that Astros projection. Of like You're getting a lot of these young guys you're excited about. Springer, Correa, Altuve, uh, all those guys, right? Yep. They were 70 and 92. So the opposite of what you said. So the under. The year after that, they were 86. 
That's kind of what I could see for this team. Yeah, it's more of a realistic one. So Alex is answering with his heart. <laughs> I'm answering with my head on this one. So it's the opposite. 70 and 92. 92 and 70. Who's closest? We will see. <laughs> so really it comes down to, are the Mariners over or under 500? Because right in between that's 81 and 81. So we'll see. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't know what the odds are on the Mariners winning the division. I bet it's got to be like 20 to 1, 30 to 1, 22 to 1. So if they have 92 wins, they're probably winning the division, right? Well, I mean, the Angels are overrated still. The Angels are third, though. Are they better than the, the Angels, the Astros, and the Athletics? Well, the Astros are cheating, so they're probably going to get suspended and more. I don't know. <laughs> Athletics, yeah, they're, all, they're always overrated. Now that they actually think they're good, now they're going to do bad. All right, all right. It's logic. So are you going to go put <laughs> some paper on the Mariners at 22 to 1 and winning the AOS? I got a dollar. <laughs> Uh, all I got my wallet. That's all I can do. I don't even want to make a bet with you at 22 to 1. Then you don't believe you can do it. All right, fine. Me and Alex are making a bet. <laughs> if the Mariners miss the world, or the, miss the playoffs, and if the Mariners don't win the division... I'll just give you 20. No, I'm not giving you $440. <laughs> 20 to 1. Oh, 20 to 1. Okay. So if the Mariners win the division, I'll give Alex 20 bucks. If the Mariners don't win the division, he owes me a dollar. And then I'm going to run around like what, uh, Buckwheat and Little Rascals. Uh-huh. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. I was thinking trading places. Here's your winnings. One dollar. Nice. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think that's really going to be kind of about it for our Mariners AL West preview. Try not to go too heavy into prospects because that will be next week. Or so. Or so, yeah. Whenever uh, it happens to come out. MLB.com. We like to use their prospect rankings. They are coming out with the top 10 this week. Hopefully we don't see them till Wednesday or Thursday. Well, Wednesday is when MLB Tonight is previewing the Mariners. Oh, really? Yes. Ah, Did they really give it away like that? I don't know. I hope that not. Hmm. When I saw this, I was like, oh, man. See, it could go... So that makes me think they're three, four, five, or six. That's it. Yeah. I think I think they're top five. But five and six are Wednesday, three and four are Thursday. I could see it either way. Like, they come out Wednesday, so now we're talking about them. Or they're coming out tomorrow. Here's what you're going to see. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. All right. I'm still going... I said three. I haven't looked at... Or like I said three, it- four, yeah pans out with all the other teams i just saw that they were coming up wednesday and it's like oh that'd be such a lame thing to have like if that gave it away yeah, it's like oh man i saw that and why'd i see that because people have been waiting on this for over a month now because the top 100 came out a month ago yeah and listening to their podcast it's like hey when's the top 30 when's the top 30 like when can we see top 30 for these teams like finally the answer is like okay march 8th we're doing the top 30 by division and if you don't see your team, that means they made the top 10, which is the next week, two by two each day. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I'm hoping it's just coincidence. Yeah. Because really, they could preview the Mariners and not talk about prospects all that much. Yeah. 
So maybe that's just the way it is. I didn't actually look too deep. I just thought that they were. They could be doing it a similar way where they're doing the the 20 teams that don't make the playoffs and then the 10 teams that make the playoffs. They did start, I think, with the Dodgers and top teams. So maybe, oh, n- well, maybe they start with the best. I don't know. And then maybe all the divisions way. too. I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah, they could be doing it that way. It was by training camp site. Yeah. All right. So that's the AL West preview for the Mariners. We will also have the AL West preview for the non-Mariners teams where you get to hear from Jeff Fletcher about the Angels, Jeff Wilson about the Rangers, uh, the AHO podcast about the Athletics, and Chandler Rome about the Astros. But before we get out of here for the day, we got to go back to the trivia question. All right. I came up with three. So it was Marco's making his third straight opening day start. Who caught for him on the first two starts? Okay. I came up with Murphy. Nope. Nola. Yes. Nola was 2020. Okay. Then uh, Navarez. Nope. I think you could guess a lot on this one and not get it. Because this guy had four plate appearances for the Mariners in 2019. The only game he played was opening day. Well, that seems cheating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'm not going to get that then. David Friedas. Oh, yes. He caught opening day for Marco in 2019. He played with him before, didn't he? Yeah, he played in 2018. for. He had 100 plate appearances. Like I didn't remember the name. No, nah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. No. That was the thing. I was going through it. I was like, oh, like Gonzalez, let's look for funny trivia things. Friedas. Oh, that is perfect because he's not going to get that one. No, not at all. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, Murphy. I don't think it was Murphy. That was the thing. I figured it was like you'll go with Murphy and Nola. Maybe you'll go with Zanino. Like he was, but he was gone by gone then. Gone by then. Yeah. And then like Narvaez was a good pull. I thought that might have been the one. I was like, oh, he's yeah. No. That one was just funny. It was like, eh, I gotta be mean a little bit. That's all right. I can. I'll I'll figure out a better one next time. It'll come back around. That's fine. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um. Yep, so Alex didn't get the trivia question, which means I'm not getting next week's trivia question, which is going to be like, name the 1984 starting lineup for the Seattle Mariners. Good luck. There you go. <laughs> now you know what it's going to be. Alvin Davis. Right? Did anyone work the year that year? Wasn't yeah. that the thing? No, yeah. I thought you were ending on that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. that's how you're ending. Oh. Alvin Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it for the AOS preview. Unless you got anything else. Alvin Davis? <laughs>